Alleluia. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. This is a day like no other. It is the day that the Lord has made. Therefore, let us rejoice and be glad in it. I welcome members of Messiah Lutheran Church to worship this morning. With you, I recognize that we have friends and guests. We welcome all of you to worship. If you do not have a home church, we encourage you to make Messiah Lutheran Church your home. Our regular worship services are on Saturdays at 5.30, casual. That means come as you are. On Sundays, we worship at 8.30 a.m., traditional service, and at 11 a.m., contemporary service. We would love to have you join us for any of these services. Now, in the absence of in-person gatherings, we worship online on Saturday at 5.30 p.m., and at 9.30 a.m. via YouTube and Facebook. We hope that you could join us at those times, and may God bless you as we come together to worship in Christ's name. And now say with me, in remembrance of our baptism, we worship in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Our first reading comes from Acts, the second chapter. Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Therefore, let the entire house of Israel know with certainty that God has made him both Lord and Messiah, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you, for your children, and for all who are far away, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to him. And he testified with many other arguments, and exhorted them, saying, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. So those who welcomed his message were baptized, and that day about 3,000 persons were added. The Word of the Lord. Psalm 116. I love the Lord who has heard my voice and listened to my supplication. For the Lord has given ear to me whenever I called. The cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came upon me. I came to grief and sorrow. Then I called upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I pray you, save my life. How shall I repay the Lord for all the good things God has done for me? I will lift the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all God's people. Precious in your sight, O Lord, is the death of your servants. O Lord, truly I am your servant. I am your servant, the child of your handmaid. You have freed me from my bonds. I will offer you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and call upon the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all God's people. In the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of you, O Jerusalem. Hallelujah. The second lesson comes from 1 Peter. Chapter 1. If you invoke as Father the one who judges all people impartially according to their deeds, live in reverent fear during the time of your exile. You know that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your ancestors, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without defect or blemish. He was destined before the foundation of the world, but was revealed at the end of the ages for your sake. Through him you have come to trust in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are set on God. Now that you have purified your souls by your obedience to the truth, so that you have genuine mutual love, love one another deeply from the heart. You have been born anew, not of perishable but of imperishable seed, through the living and enduring word of God. The word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 24th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now on that same day, when Jesus had appeared to Mary Magdalene, two disciples were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all the things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are you discussing with each other while you walk alone? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things 
that have taken place there these days? He asked, what things? They replied, the things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people. And our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had seen, indeed seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it is almost evening and the day, the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us? on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us. That same hour, they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road, and how they had been and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Sanctify us in your truth, O Lord, for your word is truth. Amen. So, why are you here? This is not a trick question, but it is intended to get you thinking as we plunge feet first into the gospel story for this Sunday. We know this story so well because each of us is the unnamed disciple. Perhaps 
that was Luke's intention. We can come up with a number of words to describe what's happening here. But the one word that stands out is grief. So acute is their grief that the disciples withdraw from Jerusalem. Their pain is so unbearable that when Jesus joined them, he knew immediately that they were lost. So, he encouraged them to put their feelings into words. Blinded by their grief, they ask, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word, before God and all the people? This was a huge loss because they had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Now, in grief, we know that we are affected in a number of ways. One such way in which we are affected is that we become distracted. When we become distracted, owing to grief or loss, or whatever we might be obsessing over at this moment, it can constrict our vision of Jesus who walks with us. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? Your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Matthew chapter 6. Admittedly, it is difficult to see God in our sorrow. So, what are we to do? Who shall we lean on when God seems distant and when anxiety and despair take control? We ask in those moments, when will the pain subside? So many questions 
had no solid answer to anchor. So we do the next best thing, or so it seems. We withdraw. Off we go to Emmaus, whatever that is. Whether the disciples misspoke in their grief or Luke got it wrong, we will never know. But if you were traveling, as suggested some seven miles in any direction from Jerusalem, you will not come upon Emmaus. It is more probable that the village was called Colonia on the road to Jaffa. Josephus mentions that Vespasian assigned a place for 800 men only whom he had dismissed from his army. For their habitation, it was called Emmaus, and it was some 60, mile, 60 furlongs rather, from Jerusalem. This is more likely the Emmaus that Luke mentions. Withdrawing. Withdrawal does not terminate the longing we have for God, especially when life seems out of control and we feel powerless. Unaware, Jesus walks with us. We might not recognize him, but he is there. He is there challenging us to open up to him. Be vulnerable. Get it out, all of it. Only then can he show us the bigger picture. Only then can he teach us the ways of God, which are not always comfortable and pleasant. Only then he can reach within and set our hearts on fire with penetrating mysteries. In our loss, knowing the one, knowing that the one we long for is right alongside us, is comforting. Jesus walks with us and waits for the moment when we have emptied ourselves and are ready to receive him. Only then he shows himself to us in such a way that when we look back, we come to realize that he was with us all along. So, how do you answer the question with which I began this message? Why are you here? Aren't you here because this is your Emmaus? Isn't this the meaning-making journey? It certainly feels that way. 
as we travel during these days of COVID-19. We don our mask. We open our lives like an open book, ready to pour out our hearts to the stranger in our midst. We are here to release our fears, anxiety, and loss to a stranger, unaware of who God might use. None of us anticipated all the changes that COVID-19 would bring. It has taken so much from us, and we will never, never be the same. For sure, it has put us on a very rocky road. We are not sure where we are going or even see the way ahead. Neither do we understand why things are the way they are. But this is our journey. This is our journey, our faith journey. So on this faith journey, we travel with the only one who can help us make sense of life. He has power to restore hope in the dignity of human life. And so in communion with Jesus, we walk and are fed with the life-giving Word of God. Then we are sent to walk with those who feel alone or isolated, broken and distressed, sad and lost, rejected and abused, anxious and worthless, poor and homeless, alienated and oppressed, lifeless and dead. These two are on the road with us. We walk with them. In fact, Jesus sends us to walk with them. Go now and walk as Christ bearers, for that's who we are. Amen.
by the promised hope of healing and resurrection. We join the people of God in all times and places in prayer for the church, the world, and all who are in need. For those whose hearts are fervent with love for your gospel, that they are empowered to tell the story of your love in their lives and to show hospitality in response to this love. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For jungles, prairies, forests, valleys, mountains, and for all the wild and endangered animals who call these spaces home, that they are nurtured and protected. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For broken systems we have inherited and continue to perpetuate, forgive us. Restrain nations from fighting over limited resources and redeem us from the cycles of scarcity and violence. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For all who call upon your healing name, grant rest. Stay with us and walk with those who are hungry, friendless, despairing, and desiring healing in body and spirit especially those mentioned silently or aloud. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For the faith-forming ministries of this congregation, especially those preparing for baptism, First Communion, Confirmation, and membership, and those in Sunday school and adult education. Guide and inspire all to grow in faith. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Create in our hearts a yearning to rest in your promise of resurrected life. Give us thankful hearts for those who have died, even as we look forward to the hope of new life with you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. With bold confidence in your love, Almighty God, we place all for whom we pray into your eternal care. Through Christ our Lord, who taught his disciples to pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Mm -hmm.
on your way, may God go with you. May God go before you to show you the way. May God go behind you to encourage you, beside you to befriend you, above you to watch over, within you to give you peace. In the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit. Amen.